Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit. The show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you live, local, and in your face here at WDBX 91.1 FM. And we're going to try to see if we can do a little bit of technical wizardry and reach across time and space to reach out to Orbeck at his remote location. Can you hear us, Or? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. We can hear you, too. All right. <laughs> All right. Hopefully the listeners at home can hear too, because I can hear you loud and clear, and I believe we're going on the air. I think we're live and awake. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're live and we're both, we're both local, but we're in different localities. Don't tell them where I'm at. I'm in a hidden spot. <laughs> yeah, an undisclosed location. He's ready for the apocalypse. He's at an undisclosed location somewhere. Apocalypse? I'm ready for her. The beauty of nature. So, <laughs> That's even better then. Yeah, I actually don't have cell phone service out here. I found a Wi-Fi spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The cell phones don't even reach there, but you found Wi-Fi. <laughs> All right, so do you have any news you want to talk about, or should we start talking about some of the news we've got scheduled for today? Well, I thought it was pretty interesting that a few people I know are starting to so vegan, and so I put this, um, you know, this article up here of the diary of a one-month vegan. And hmm. So it probably isn't um, as interesting to you, but to me, um, you know, shifting over to not eating meat and not eating meat products, um, well, it's probably hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, literally, I just have the first couple of days of the one month vegan, day one. Um, this lady, her fiance, and two friends are trying to strip all animal products from their diet. Um, for several reasons, primarily just to see what it's like, see if they feel better, see if um, it's hard to do, you know, kind of an experiment. Um, on days two and three, strange side effects of the new diet dramatic hunger spikes. Usually, my desire to feed unfolds like this. Hmm, I'm sort of hungry. I guess I should eat any time. Okay. Now the old stomach is really grumbling. But now on a hunger scale of 1 to 10, I go from a 3 to, oh my God, I could chew off my own arm if I don't get that carrot right now in the second. And <laughs> mm-hmm. so, um, I wonder how many people have had this that you know they're so used to one type of food when they switch to another type that it really affects them. Yeah. Yeah, but that happens a lot. It takes time for your body to adjust to different ways of eating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, this lady's boyfriend actually has uh, had a, a rougher start than he did because he suffered a major blow on morning two when he realized that his favorite meat alternative, a morning star sausage links, actually contained... Um, Eggs and therefore he couldn't use it because you know, it's not vegan. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> he actually said this quote, Vegetarians always ask 
you be willing to spill your own meat? I'd say, hell yes. Right now, I wrestle a deer to the ground and tap the chest with his own antler. He's kind of extreme. Yeah. He's more <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like he does have those uh, extreme hunger attacks he's talking about. Well, doesn't I, it seems like when you eat meat, because it's, it's kind of like a concentrated food, right? Yeah. You can eat a lot less of it, probably. Yeah. And then it also takes like, what is, red meat takes like 18 hours to digest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it takes a lot longer to digest versus, you know, if you do eat more vegetables, the energy is a lot uh, shorter, right? You have to eat more times a day to get the same amount of food. Yeah, you do grazing. So, yeah, if you're used to having that giant lump in your stomach, you know, <laughs> may take a while to adjust a different diet. Once you adjust, though, it can work out. You know, I was on raw foods vegan for a few years and uh, usually felt pretty full. Yeah. What do you think of doing that going, you know, completely? I mean, you did it for a long time. Would you consider doing it again or not? Um, I would consider doing it again. I would mostly consider doing a percentage of raw, you know. I don't think I'd, I would want to go entirely raw again, but, you know, yeah, have a certain percentage of fresh foods to be sure that I'm getting, you know, enough healthy stuff. And then still eat pizza sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be the hardest for most people to give up is pizza. Yeah. So, good old all-American junk food. <laughs> yeah, standard American diet, sad. I was I was kind of um, annoyed last night that we didn't order the 29 inch pizza. But how could you just? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Another news. Should we talk about banks? <laughs> I'd rather not. But well, let's talk about hippies then. <laughs> Giant investment bank taken over by hippie alarmists. London-based HSBC is bank is a banking and financial services company, very old and very large. Uh, so it isn't striking... Uh, well, it's, it's not Greenpeace. You know, Greenpeace it ain't. So it's striking that the latest report from the financial giant sounds strikingly like the hippie alarmists of a Bill McKibben, uh, Joe Rahm, or, you know, us, us here on your community spirit. So, uh, yeah, the report is called Peak Planet, and it's about the threat of climate change and the next upswing in the climate agenda. Uh, the broad story sketches that it sketches is familiar. If we want to hold warming between 2 degrees Celsius over pre-industrial levels, there's only so much carbon we can dump into the atmosphere. That's our carbon budget. We can either budget for an 80% chance or 50% chance of avoiding 2 degrees Celsius. Uh, but, you know, we've got to do some sort of budgeting if we want to avoid that amount of increase. And so the reports... Uh, Let's see. Yeah, the reports. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Why is a bank issuing a climate report? Yeah. (laughs) Shouldn't it be taking the information from climate biologists and, you know, that's what they've probably done. But, you know, they've actually, you know, in their report, they actually do bring a bit of guarded optimism. This is a tough task, but it's not impossible in our you know, in our view. Yeah. And they're focusing on the, the carbon five, which is China, Russia, India, 
the European Union and the U.S. and says that, you know, we need to have the carbon intensity of our economics by 2020. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's important. I like reading the stories about uh, institutions that you don't expect to talk about climate change, talking about climate change. You know, because these aren't... These aren't, you know, environmental activists. These are bankers who are just thinking about financial matters. And they've written this whole detailed report about climate change because they know that it's going to destabilize the economy. And, and they are the sixth largest public company in the world. Yeah. And they realize that it's going to affect and does already affect the banking and finances. And that's their business. So yeah. The interesting thing is, is instead of keeping it you know, inside their company, private, that they're actually like released it to the public. Yeah. So. Huh. That's interesting. We probably should have people who want to read this complete report send us an email and then we can email it to them. Yeah. Um, in the report it says, the impacts of climate change are becoming more obvious. Public opinion is changing, particularly in the U.S., and clean energy and efficiency technologies are getting cheaper. So. Yeah. Yeah, and also, one thing that's interesting, too, is that they say climate policy uh, will be revived and advanced. So they're, they're predicting that people will be taking action on climate change. So let's see if their predictions come true. <laughs> and, I mean, fossil fuel companies aren't the only ones with the big money, you know. This is the sixth largest you know, corporation in the world. Yeah. Hey, pay attention. So the fact that the world's biggest banks are paying attention is a sign that the world will not stay not neutral on this fight, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and you may end up getting a, a fight between some of the largest institutions in the world because, you know, the banking institution will be afraid of losing all its money and the fossil fuel institution will be afraid of losing all its profit. So they'll start sending out, you know, Press releases and you know buying politicians contrary to each other and why are you saying they will? <laughs> they already are. <laughs> Who are we kidding? <laughs> um, speaking of which, the oil industry likely triggered a big 2011 Oklahoma earthquake. Scientists have found out this 2011 earthquake in Oklahoma actually the most powerful ever recorded in the state can probably be blamed on the oil industry, according to new research by university and federal scientists. Um, this appears to have been induced by oil drilling wastewater being pumped into the ground at high pressure. Is that what they call that fracking stuff? It's Well, it's slightly different than fracking. Um, water is injected into the ground but wastewater injection is conducted at higher pressures than fracking is. Um, now, that being said, frackers also do high-pressure wastewater injection after they're done pulling out the natural gas or oil out of the ground. So, um, I mean, my dad always said the reason why oil is in the ground is the same reason you put oil in the your engine of your car, to keep your earth lubricated hmm. and you know, the more oil you take out, the more chance of earthquakes. In this case, we pumped you know, high-pressure wastewater in there and caused an earthquake. I don't know about we, we as humans, huh. not we as me 
Yeah, yeah, I didn't vote in favor of that. <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with it, so I don't know why I said we. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the whole massive explosions underground near fault lines, too, you know. So, and for what it's worth, the Associated Press reports that Oklahoma's state climatologists completely and totally disagree with the findings of this study. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So it's still being researched, but, you know, we, we could use this thing called the precautionary principle. You know, if, if we don't necessarily have to drill these massive holes and create these big explosions underground, if there's other ways we could power our economy, why don't we start with those? I mean, interesting for Southern Illinois is we are on, you know, a very big earthquake fault, the San Madrid fault. And yeah. So if this is the actual case, we do definitely do not want to be doing high injection wastewater being pumped into. That scares me. Yeah. Like, the the worst earthquakes in recorded history in the United States was in our area, right? Yeah. Change the direction of the Mississippi, according to the stories. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, I guess we just have to all start taking disaster response training, so we'll be ready for the big one when, when it comes. Or we could stop fracking before I, it gets here. Um, I would probably have to start, what do they call it, surfing lessons. So when the <laughs> earth starts knuckling, I could just learn how to surf the ground. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> but I was for really for an earthquake. Yeah, ground surfing. <laughs> um, this one probably, this next story probably isn't a big deal for you because you, well, actually, no, you're trying to eat more calories. Mm, yeah. Just because you're trying to eat less. So the, you know, FDA, they recommend um, 2,000 calories for the average human right a day. Um, and what is 2,000 calories? Well, 2,000 calories are 285 almonds, 16 bananas, 7 bagels, or 2.5 cinnamon buns. <laughs> wow, 2.5 cinnamon <laughs> Um This is actually a video that um, shows you know, a whole bunch of things. What is 2,000 calories? And it's mostly it's showing, you know, well, um, well, it's, it's showing that it doesn't take very much. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because it also points out some of the diversity of calories too. Calories too, you know. I tend to think that not all calories are created equal. That you know, say, getting calories from avocados is healthier than getting it from like processed oils, you know. Right. But, I mean, psychologically, um, I wonder if someone would be more satisfied with four hamburgers or six and a half avocados. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Most people really like guacamole. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, I guess it is. It is about a balance. So. Yeah. Well, it's about consciousness of what you're eating, you know, thinking about what you eat and how it impacts your health. But if my limitation was two and a half cinnamon buns a day, oh, man, that would, 
I would I would quit eating cinnamon buns. I mean, if that's all I could eat, yeah, <laughs> that's way too limiting. Yeah, that sounds like one meal. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, that's you know three quarters of a meal. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In other I'd news, like yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'd like to do this one. Do trees fight crime yeah. in Philadelphia? <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, of like crime music, like from the twenties, right? Yeah, crime drama music. <laughs> yeah, I bet Paul's got some of that. You know, we could borrow some of his crime music. <laughs> well, do do trees fight crime in Philadelphia? That is the question. We already know that having more trees around protects our health. Turns out those trees might also protect our wealth and safety, according to a new study from researchers at Temple University, published in the journal Landscape and Urban Planning. Uh, controlling for some of those socioeconomic factors, such as poverty, education, and density, the researchers examined crime and tree data and found that, quote, the presence of grass, trees, and shrubs is associated with lower crime rates in Philadelphia, particularly for robberies and assaults. Now, here's where things get a little presumptuous. The authors surmise this deterrent effect is rooted in the fact that they maintain, that the maintained greenery encourages social interaction and community supervision of public spaces, as well as the calming effect of the vegetated landscape. Uh, so, yeah. The, the important thing oh. is that they, they have, they're surmising on why the trees are reducing crime, but uh, apparently, according to this, they are. Now, a study published in the same journal last year actually backs up this connection. They said a 10% increase in trees correlated to about a 12% decrease in crime. So, I don't know how casual that relationship is, but I think literally if, if things around you look better, I mean, just the simple fact that there's a pile of trash there, people are going to leave more trash. Yeah. You know, if if a place looks decrepit, people are going to tend to be decrepit, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of just logical. So. Yeah, and it's one of those things that is hard to prove the causality of, but, you know, you can try creating more green spaces and see what happens. <laughs> if crime continues to decrease, then you may be on to something there. Well, just like you said, you do have to create more green spaces. You can't just plant trees. You have to keep them alive. <laughs> yeah. If they're, they're all dead, maybe that'll increase crime. People get depressed. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I mean, if you plant a bunch of dead trees, I mean, probably more crime in that area. So. Yeah. I also just have to wonder if the trees may wake up at night and scare away the criminals. Like, whack. Quit hurting people. <laughs> get out uh, of the neighborhood. Yeah, it's just fine. Today is pretty much the end of March, huh? We're just wrapping up a yes. more days. Like, um, today is National Mom and Pop Business Owners Day. Hmm. So, do we have any mom and pop businesses here in Carbondale? There's a few of them. <laughs> yeah, we so, do. Tomorrow is the first summer farmers market, so those are all mom and pop businesses, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's wow. plenty of places here in Carbondale and Southern Illinois and the world, and wherever our secret location is. Uh, plenty of ways to celebrate National Mom and Pop Business Owners Day. So let's see, some other holidays coming up. We have, uh, <laughs> grass is always browner on the other side of the fence day. 
Not sure Why what that you, one's about. Why would you have a day like that? It's always greener, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's a day that it's browner. Just admit it, right? Yeah. But it's. I guess it's about appreciating what's on your side of the fence rather than looking over the fence. There you go. It's also... Better to do a day, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's also um, the birthday of Vincent Van Gogh. So happy birthday, Van Gogh. On Sunday, the 31st, it's Mule Day. I remember as a kid, we used to go to we'd hook up a, a horse and wagon and ride, and take a day to ride to Mule Day when I grew up in Tennessee. And it was just like a festival of mules. <laughs> but we didn't have mules, we rode horses to Mule Day. So. <laughs> Did you ride uh, mules to horse day? <laughs> I didn't have a mule, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, coming up on Monday, like, uh, traditionally Monday has been April Fool's Day, but there's been a big declaration issued canceling April Fool's Day. Uh, what? <laughs> that's my April Fool's joke for the day. All right. It is National Fun Day on Monday, and reading is funny day also, so. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a lot of, you know, fun and funny days associated with April Fool's Day. Tuesday is International Children's Book Day. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. Any other ones before we should just go to community events? Um, let's see. Yeah. Thursday is UN International Day for Mine Awareness and Assistance in Mine Action. Yeah. And it's also Thursday, the anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King. Yeah. All right. All right, so, yes, let's get to some community happening. Got coming up at Guy House, Yoga Basics for Women. That happens on every Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. Today at 6 p.m. at the John T. Is it Guyon? Yeah, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. G-U-Y-O-N. We need to ask SIU folks how you pronounce their auditorium. <laughs> it's the auditorium inside Morris Library on the SIUC campus. Yeah. Holistic Birthing Choices. It's a film event. Um, Freedom for Birth is an international documentary on the human rights, the choices in childbirth. And then the other one is Fear Tactics, Fighting for Empowered Birth. It's a documentary by SIU. Uh, graduate student featuring professionals and families from right here in Southern Illinois. Uh, that's today at 6 p.m. inside the Morris Library. Yes, and that should be, I've, I've heard about those films before. It should be good films and good discussion. Glad to see that going on around here. All right, also coming up this this weekend on Saturday, the Carbonale Farmers Markets. It has been in... Ta-da! It's been in hibernation all winter while the winter's farmer's market has been playing. But now, the Carbondale Farmer's Market on the west side of town at the West Town Mall parking lot in Carbondale. They're celebrating their 35th year. They've got vendors from several counties around here, and they've got all sorts of goodies. They've got locally grown foods. They've got fruits, vegetables, plants, herbs, cut flowers, grass-fed and finished beef, uh, all canned goods, baked goods, crafts, just about everything you can imagine under the sun. And it will be under the sun this weekend on Saturday. <laughs> eight, 
8 a.m. to noon. Mark your calendar. It's been rescheduled to April 11th, the second annual Margie Parker Teaching for Peace on Drone Policy. We'll announce more about it on the show next week, but mark your calendar for April 11th, the second annual Margie Parker Teaching for Peace on Drone Policy. Yes. That's coming up soon. All right, another happening. Double your money and food contributions. There's a matching grant for the Good Samaritan Ministries from March 1st through April 20th. Uh, during the months of March and April, new monies and food donated to Good Samaritan Ministries Soup Kitchen and Food Pantry will go twice as far. They will be matched by the Feinstein Foundation's annual $1 million giveaway. So it is, it is literally a doubling. You know, for the money you give, they give extra. So you can double the power of your donation this month. Uh, call Patty at 457-5794 or visit their website at goodsamcarbondale.org. And remember, whatever you give, it's doubled. Yes. Some regular community events in the community. I just said that right. Regular community mm -hmm. events in the community. International Coffee Hours, Fridays from 3 to 5 in the Northbrook and Building B. Mixed with people from all over the world. Hmm. Um, you mentioned the farmer's market. Starts up again, 8 till noon. And then Saturdays from noon till 1, the Vigil for Peace, the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale, sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois. Yes, and also coming up tonight, we have the Rice and Spice Slow Foods Dinner. Uh, everyone's favorite international slow food dinner. This week's theme is Holly Feast. Uh, Holly is an Indian festival of colors that's celebrated on the full moon, the Purnima, at the start of spring. It's going, we're going to have delicious southern Illinois, or excuse me, <laughs> delicious southern Indian food and a joyful celebration of the coming of spring to the colorful land of southern Illinois. So southern Indian food in southern Illinois at Guy House tonight. Every Friday at 6 p.m. it's the International Slow Food Dinner. You know what slow food is? Well... It's the opposite of fast food. You take your time cooking, eating, enjoying food, and interacting with people of other cultures and other foods. And I forgot the yummy part. Don't forget the yummy part. Oh, yeah. And uh, to attend that, you have to be a member of Guy House, so you can visit ourguyhouse.org slash membership to learn more about being a member. The Ralph Anderson Interfaith Dialogue will be on American Muslim Identity. Iman Abdul Haq will lead a panel of local Muslim leaders with a discussion to follow. It is on Monday, April 1st at 7.30 p.m. at the Carbondale Muslim Center. For more information, um, this event is sponsored by the Carbondale Interfaith Council. Contact Ken Starbuck at 942-3986. Yes. And we also have the Cache River Watershed Spring Birding Hikes. Those are still going on until April 20th on Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. They will be identifying birds. For more information, you can call 618-634-2231. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm wow. glad we were able to use our technological powers to get you on the show today. <laughs> um, if you would like to receive the newsletter... We include, there's videos and pictures and links in our newsletter. Email info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yes. And you could also email that 
email address if you want your happenings. We received like three happenings this week from the email. So the email works. Hey. Uh, yes. All right. Well, it's been another exciting episode of Your Community Spirit. Uh, well, glad you're able to make it on the show and glad that uh, our listeners were able to listen. <laughs> so. All right. Talk to you again next week. Yes. Talk to you again next week. We will see you next week on the radio.